Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Well, this is the last sermon in our Ask series. Oh, that's good. It is. I was going to do one more. I was going to do one called uh, Prayer Malfunctions. But, uh, but I thought I'm, maybe I'll do that another time. Because some people want to know why, why didn't it seem like my prayer worked. They want to know, am I doing something wrong? So we'll fit that one in another time. But next week is, is uh, it's family weekend next week, right? So, so we're going to do a couple weeks on relationship and things like that. So uh, it was my bad scheduling anyways. But how many were really looking forward to Prayer Malfunctions? Only three people, so it's okay. You know, I'll send you an email. Just email the church and say, Pastor, send me an email about my prayer malfunctions. Amen? All right. I want to finish up, though. I want to talk to you about the prayer of intercession. I'm going to talk about intercession today. All right? Intercession. Intercession. Now, it's actually uh, uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, boom, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. It says, we are human. This is from New Living Translation. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. The battles we have are not things. We don't battle with weapons we can see. We don't battle with things we can touch and feel. We don't battle in the flesh. We don't battle in this realm. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. You know, sadly, we do. I think sometimes the church thinks the only weapons we have are worldly. We think that we have to protest or we got to, you know, write letters and send emails. I don't think that's bad or wrong to announce or declare that I agree or disagree with something. We did have a situation where we have summer students. We've had summer students for years and years and years. I can't remember when we didn't. And now this year they wanted us to check a box that we, you know, agree that we will not discriminate against certain groups and certain peoples, which, you know what, I would check the box because we don't discriminate. We don't hate, we don't discriminate, we don't do any of those things, but they straight up said, if you won't check this box and basically agree with our philosophy of how you know, we think the world should be run and how Canada should run, if you don't check this box, you will not get federal tax money. I don't think anybody, I mean, I thought that was discrimination in itself, telling, telling me that I gotta think and believe a certain way, or you're just not in the mainstream of Canada, dude. Well. I think the very thing you're trying to not do, you just did. And I just like, you know what? I hate tolerance. I refuse to be tolerated. If I'm in a place where I feel like I'm tolerated, I'll just blow it up because tolerance is rude. I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I want to be affirmed. I want to be completely accepted for what I believe I value. And I'll, I'll do that for everybody else. And I have no problem with whatever you want to believe, do. That's your free will to do. God gave you that right. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to love you no matter what. And you're going to experience the goodness of God, and you're going to experience a revelation of the kingdom no matter what happens to you. But what a crazy thing, right? But you know what? There's a spirit behind these things. You know, but, you know, often I think we as Christians, we've fallen into the trap of trying to battle in the physical realm things that have spiritual things. And then we, we end up falling into the trap. 
You know, because they say, see, told you. All those Christians, see, they don't want to check the box. They're not going to get involved. I told you they were haters. They're not tolerant. I'm totally tolerant. But along with that, I'm going to send you a letter and tell you how intolerant you are and how absurd that was. We've already got so many protections in our society and our Bill of Rights and everything else that, man, you can't do that stuff. But they did that just to be ugly and nasty. So uh, what am I going to do about that? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray because it says the heart of every leader is in the hand of God. So the one who holds their heart, I got a straight, direct path to. Come on, that's nonsense. It's crazy to behave like that. So we do, though. We fight with spiritual weapons, and we knock down the strongholds of human reasoning to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. I'm not going to fall in the trap of being called a hater and an intolerant, crazy person. We're going to pray, and we're going to see things change because intercession works, because prayer works. We got, we got a church malfunction because the church forgot that they got the most powerful tool available, and the law of prayer works. Really, really does. Really does. I just want to show you a quick little video. Watch this. This show you how quickly you can take years and years and years to build something, but you can tear it down in a second. That was the Seattle Superdome. It was considered at that time like one of the biggest structures in the world, the Seattle Superdome. Well, the Seattle Superdome was destroyed by Controlled Demolition Incorporated. It's the world's largest demolition company. They perform the largest demolitions in the world. They've imploded over 7,000 structures, and they guarantee complete, with complete predictability that whatever they blow up, it will be gone. If you want us to blow it up, we guarantee it will be blown up. Nothing around will be affected. We'll safeguard everything around. If you've got a building beside another building, we will guarantee that just that building will come down. We are able to do it with such exactness that we will knock down that stronghold and only that stronghold. We will blow that sucker up, and it won't be a problem to you anymore. you got anything blocking your view of the goodness of God. We know how to blow that sucker up. And you see, it took years and years and years. The Seattle Superdome for years was, what an amazing feat. That's incredible what they did. It took them all those years to build it, but you watched it get blown up in a few seconds. Kaboom. Whatever the enemy might have built for years and years and years, you might think that, oh, these, these structures and these you know, spiritual systems and things, the enemy has entrenched themselves in the minds of people. I'm telling you, our weapons are mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. I mean, whatever the enemy might have been building for centuries, but with one specific, clear attack placed properly with Holy Ghost intelligence, you can blow that sucker up and you can remove it from our path instantly in Jesus' name. It's true. It's true. It's absolutely true. So intercession, what is intercession? Intercession is prayer that engages. It partners with God for your needs and the needs of others. It takes hold of the will of God and refuses to let go until his will comes to pass. We don't talk a lot about prayer. Now we're getting to prayer that we demand that this shifts. We demand that this changes. Intercession, we demand it. Intercession is warfare. 
It is prayer that takes place in the spiritual world where the battles for our lives, our families, our friends, and our nation are won or lost. Intercession. We got to be good at this. We got to be clear at this. We got to understand what it is. See, we built all the way. We started with the authority we have in the name of Jesus. We walked all the way through. But here we are in a place where we have to pray because God needs us to pray because we have responsibility to bring his purpose to bear in the earth. Can I get an amen? 1 Timothy 2, 1, all, all the way through to verse 5 and verse 6, but I'm just reading the first two verses. Therefore, I exhort first of all, say first of all. First of all. I exhort first of all. First of all, that supplications, prayers, and intercessions in giving thanks be made for all men. I mean, prayer should be made for all men. And this is really important, first important. It's a sad thing when Jesus said, the house of God shall be called a house of choirs, a house of worship teams, a house of eloquent sermons, a house where we... No, the house shall be called a house of prayer. It'd be a terrible thing if you came to the house of God and he was never prayed. He was never sought after. There was intercession, supplication, praying for people and believing for breakthrough wasn't made in the house of God. You go to a lot of churches where, you know, a lot of stuff happens, but prayer isn't one of them. It's a terrible thing. Prayer should be happening in the church. First of all, intercessions be made for all men. Say all men. Amen. And for kings and all who are in authority. And we pray that a believer would get in as prime minister, then everything would be good for us. I don't know. I know a lot of believers that aren't really as smart as, you know, some of the other people in the world. I've seen believing dentists who can wreck your teeth and unbelieving dentists who can fix your teeth. But somehow we think that we got to have Christian politicians. I want a good politician. I want somebody who's really good at it, trained at it, and all that other stuff. And, you know, whoever is in there, whoever gets placed in there, it's generally there because you voted or you didn't vote, whatever you did. You know, whoever is in there, here's the truth. You know what you got? Don't complain about them. Pray for them. Because, you know, the Word of God says, pray for your leaders, for kings and all those in authority. Because, you know, when you pray for them, it doesn't matter who's there. If you pray for whoever's there, look at the promise. How many like the promises of God? Well, look at this promise. It says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. I mean, if you want righteousness to exalt a nation, there's no man righteous. No, not one. There's not one. If we're waiting for a righteous man to show up, good luck. A righteous man did show up. It was Jesus. Jesus showed up, and he's righteous, and every one of us are righteous because he's righteous, and he declared me righteous. If, if your God is not so holy that your righteousness can please him, you don't have a holy God. My God is way too holy for my effort to ever make me acceptable to him. Your God's not that holy if you think somehow you can twist his arm with a little bit of good works. You don't really have a holy God. I don't know what you're worshiping. But you know, my God is so holy that no amount of effort on my cart could ever put me in a position where I would be eye to eye with him. And he said, be holy as I am holy. So if I'm going to do that, I said, Lord, I need help. And he said, good, there's the first step. Admit that you're broken, messed up, you can't do a thing about it, and pow, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. See, so... I really believe that my God is so holy that for me to be in a relationship with him, he's got to do it all, every single bit of it. So if we're going to have righteousness exalted nation, it's not because we finally find a few righteous men or women to get in a place of leadership in a fallen democratic system. I mean, that's why Samuel was so upset. He says, you guys want a king? What do you want a king for? You got a king. You got it. You know, we have a king. We are already the ruling party. We are the ruling party, and yet we, we try to fall behind this party or that party like somehow that's going to help. You know what? Do, do, 
I mean, I've got a card. I, I carry a card. I get emails from a party. I do all those things, but I'm not silly enough to believe that these weapons of human making and of the flesh and, and democracy and these things, I, I would never believe that some fallen way of doing things could bring the glory of God to town. You're all right, okay? You're all right. Send me a letter. We really do hold the place of influence and power. Jesus would never tell us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if we weren't holding all the power and all the authority to make it so. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody hit your neighbor who's frowning and say, you'll be all right. You're going to be okay. You really will. You're going to make it, honest to God. You know, pray for them and look what the results are. Peaceable life and godliness. How will we get godliness in the earth? Prayer. Intercession. I mean, it's, it's right in the book. Any Bible-believing people in the house? I mean, that's the important part right there. So we got the word. Amen. Okay, Isaiah 53, verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered among the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. Intercession is the word paga. Paga, actually, the influence is on the, the last, the emphasis on the last syllable there. Is this to encounter, to meet, to light upon, to reach, to entreat, to make intercession. Now, there's two calls to intercession. There's two calls. There's the sudden encounter, and there's the ter determined encounter. There's the encounters that we make on purpose. We feel called to. We deliberately, like that encounter that they had with the Superdome, they called in that encounter. They called a hit on the Superdome. And the guy went around, and he says, it's not hard to do. He says, really, it doesn't take a whole pile of explosives to blow it up. You just need to know exactly where to put it, and you need to know exactly where the force points are, and you can actually bring down a massive structure with a little bit of explosive if you know what you're doing. And I'm telling you, it doesn't take a massive group of people. It wasn't like a, a whole pile of people there with pitchforks trying to knock down a building. It was people who had understanding of the powerful tools. They knew how to use them. They had intelligence, and they understood how to break the structure down. You know, a few people, there's enough people in this room right now that if we move by the power of the Holy Ghost with supernatural insight, we can break down every barrier to the goodness of God in this city. Every barrier. And what saddens me is that if I called a protest for something, we might get a big crowd of screamers. If we called a prayer meeting about something, we'd get a whole bunch of screamers. Amen. <laughs> That's what we need. But there's sudden encounters, and then there's just determined encounters. Now, I'm going to ask Glenn and Ingrid to come up, and they didn't even know they were supposed to come up. If they were in the spirit, they would have felt it, though. I think they knew. They're, they're praying this morning, and they went, man, he's He's going he's gonna to call us up. I don't know what's going on. So. Check, check. But I got, I got Glenn's in my small group on Thursday mornings at the Family Circle Breakfast Club there, and we have a great time there. I had pancakes this week. <laughs> but Glenn was talking to me about a sales deal they were doing. It's, it's on. You're ready to fly. Telling me about a sales deal you had the night before. So how does intercession work in, in like your job and in your career? Like, What's that all about? I call Ingrid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, we we uh, agreement. We pray together a lot, but um, 
This this transaction was uh, an interesting deal. There was multiple offers on a property, and uh, we went in with our best shot with our client who are believers, and uh, and somehow I got a call from the listing agent because they he said I'm just giving you a fair shot at this thing, but uh, he said we want the sellers want you to go up in price, and I said well everybody brought their best offer the first time. What's going on here? And it just felt there was a game going on, and so I um, I said I, I have to call my client see what they want to do. Just one thing there. He felt there was a game going on. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. So anyways, I, uh, I, I said, I, I, I'll call my client, see what they want to do. I called Ingrid first, <laughs> and uh, we prayed because we felt there was a game going on. And we just, there, we didn't have any understanding on what was going on. So when we were praying, we prayed the greed, what, what the situation was, the seller was a, a an older lady who was um, had lost her husband six months earlier, and uh, she had two sons who were probably in their fifties or sixties anyway. But um, when we were praying, we uh, we prayed the grief and the greed off the situation. It just that's what came to mind while we were praying, and so we prayed the grief and the greed off. And uh, then I called our clients, prayed with them, and did the same thing, and and. Then they prayed and prayed for the seller because they said, you know, we just want them to have peace no matter what they decide to do. We just want them to have peace about this whole thing because it's not about what we get or what they give up or whatever. It's about they need to have peace in this situation. So um, I, I hung up from them and they said, no, we're not going to go up to whatever they're telling us to do. We feel that if we try to go up there, we had peace at the number we put in because when we prayed about it, that's the number that God gave us and that was it. And if we go to this other number, we're being told to and we're not feeling any peace about it. So just tell them we're going to let it lay the way it is. And so we said, fine. And I called, called the other agent back to say that we weren't going up. Oh, he said, you've already got the deal. So what do you mean? <laughs> He said they were signed. They've already signed it. It's a done deal. Yeah. So I mean, God was already answering our prayers before anything was going on. Amen. That's good. That's good stuff. All right, hand the mic over to Ingrid there. Now, Ingrid, Glenn called you because you are. You're an intercessor. You're somebody who who you get insight on site. Sometimes even when you're not even asking for it, God speaks to you. Sometimes you get those suddenlies where you're minding your own business, all of a sudden, boom, the spirit drops something in your mind, and you begin to see. Tell me about that. Well, the cool thing is that that's exactly what happens. God just drops things into your spirit. And uh, even when Glenn um, called me immediately, I knew, okay, let's, let's pray in this direction. And because uh, at first it's a little bit upsetting, you know, knowing the background of business. And, uh, and then God says, this is what I want you to pray about. And trust me, because you got to bring out the bazooka sometimes, right? And so prayer is a big, big bazooka. True. And, uh, and the other thing, too, is when God directs you, you know, if he's waking you up in the middle of the morning, you say, why am I awake? Who am I supposed to pray for? Mm -hmm. Because you're not waking up because you have indigestion. You're not waking up. He's waking you up for a purpose. And most times, it's for you to pray. And all you have to do is ask him, because each one of us are intercessors if we really take the time. It's true. 
Amen. Yeah. It's good. Thank you. You know, and that's thanks, guys. Give it up for these guys. Awesome stuff. Yeah. I just wanted them to share because, like, this is just how life works. You know, like, it's not like I'm a believer on Sunday, then I go home, I just get about my business. You know what? You really got to take kingdom principles, kingdom life into every single thing you do. And it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have, you know, you don't have to, you know, your neighbor working beside you gets rid. I take authority over you in Jesus' name. You You don't have to do that. You can do that under your breath. If you know something stupid's going on, you say, you can smile. Like, I, I usually intercede this way. That's nice. At the same time, my spirit is going, ooh, da da ba ba ba. That's nice. So if you ever heard me say that's nice, don't be offended. <laughs> I've just been praying for you. All right. So, you know, but I know, I know Ingrid happens to Ingrid. Four in the morning, boom, she'll be up. And then I'll just say, what is it, Lord? And then the Lord will drop something in her spirit. She'll pray about it. I know uh, uh, we used to have fasting and prayer every Sunday with my dad's church when he pastored. And Sundays we'd stay and we'd hang out and have coffee and tea. And, and then we'd just go out. We'd have like an hour of prayer. Then we'd come back, take 20 minutes off. Then we'd go in and have another hour of prayer. And we'd just go for it. Well, this one time, one lady got, you know, she says, I just, I just believe we need to pray for this family in Africa. They were a missionary family that was there. And, and she said, I got a burden for them. We prayed. We, we went for it. We just engaged and rawr. We just got going for it. And that was it. We didn't know anything about it. But six months later, when they were off on furlough, we heard from them. And they said, man, i got to tell you what happened to us. And when they investigated and found out, it was right when we were praying. But it said they were in a situation where some armed people came and, and uh, surrounded them. And it was a nasty time in, in where they were in Africa. And they felt they were in real danger. And then all of a sudden, just boom, these people took off and they ran away. And they went, what was that all about? So they finished up with their stuff, and then a few weeks later, they ran into somebody at the market, and they said, were, were you guys almost assaulted by a group of people on this road that day? Then it says, yeah. They said, wow, they said that uh, the people that were with you were packing. I said, what people? So they said, that suddenly, this whole group of people, this army of people showed up behind you guys, and, and they, they took off. And they went, there was nobody with us. They said, well, they saw somebody. I'll tell you, there's times, and then when we found out what the time was, it was the exact same time that this sister got a burden to pray. We didn't know what we were praying about. But you know, when you pray in tongues and you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the will of God. And you know, you know, you pray through until the burden is lifted, and it'll lift. Because God doesn't call you to intercede to lose. He calls you to intercede to win. He hasn't called you to intercede just to enter into an ongoing struggle. What are you doing? I'm interceding. <sighs> What were you doing today? Oh, I was intercession all morning. Yeah, I'm an intercessor. If you're an intercessor, you're called to win every time you engage prayer. You're invited to release the victory of heaven in every circumstance and situation. And God doesn't call you into losing adventures. He calls you to win every time. And intercession is a big deal. And praying in intercession is a big deal. Ezekiel twenty two thirty 30 says, I saw a man. I was looking for somebody who'd make a wall, who'd stand in the gap before me. I was looking for somebody on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. 
This is God saying, I'm looking for a man. You know, God was always looking for a man. But we know in the prophetic literature that God says, I was looking for a man, but then he says, I provided for myself. And he said, I'm going to do it myself. And that's why Jesus went and Jesus became the intercessor, the man who stood in the gap between heaven and earth and brought about absolute victory for us. So the kingdom of God, I've told you this before, the kingdom of God, it is eternal, but dominion is generational. The kingdom of God is eternal. There's no moving, no shaking. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken, but dominion in any one given generation is up to that generation. We have a responsibility. David, it says he served God in his own generation and then he fell asleep. In our generation, we have a responsibility to infer, enforce the rule of heaven and the power of God in our generation. You know, that's through intercession. It's through weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. We got to lay hold of the spiritual weapons we have. Psalm 115, 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth, he is given. The earth has been given. Authority is given. The responsibility to rule is given to the children of men. So we have a responsibility in our generation. My generation is going to serve the Lord and see the goodness of God. Amen. Ephesians 6, 10 to 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against rulers of darkness of this present age against a host of spiritual wickedness in government in ottawa no it says in heavenly places We've been given authority in heavenly places. We have been seated in heavenly places. We win every single battle. We engage in heavenly places. We've been blessed with every blessing, every spiritual empowered word. It's a logia. Every spiritual empowered word we've been blessed with in heavenly places. Get up there where you are. Speak to the situation. You have been empowered to reign and rule in the heavenly places. You've been empowered to break down everything that stands behind these broken systems that keep us in bondage. So we got to do it. So we're able to withstand. We're able to wrestle. Say wrestle. Wrestle. Withstand. Withstand. We're able to do that. All right. The word wrestle is the word pale. Pale. It's a contest between two in which endeavors to, one endeavors to throw the other, in which it is decided when the victor is able to hold his opponent down with his hand upon his neck. It's over when you got him by the throat. <laughs> That's what that word means. Look it up. The word means you win when you got them by the throat and you've totally neutralized your opposition. Boom, right there. It says in Romans 16, 20, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under his mighty hand. No, it says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. But it's under our feet. It's us taking authority. It's us exercising our responsibility as the children of God to bring into manifestation his purpose in my life, in my family, in my workplace, in my neighborhood, in my city, in my province, in my country. God's given me that responsibility. Amen. And I have first important supplication intercessions be made for all men. It's very, very important. It is a priority with God. All right. Mankind, look at this. Mankind, I should have changed that to people kind. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I know Manitoba is now in legislation. They're changing Manitoba to people toba. So if you're driving by, you see people toba, it'll be okay. Mankind, that's, that's funny. Our prime minister told a joke. Ha, that was funny. So bless him, make him funnier. Amen. Mankind is to protect, which is shamar. 
He is to shamar the eternal purpose of God and to once and for all put the kibosh, the word kibosh, on his enemies. In our contending with the devil, we've been commanded to stand and we've been commanded to wrestle. I like saying wrestle, don't you? I was in a meeting in Nova Scotia once. I was preaching away, and, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this girl got up and said, the Lord wants me to marry a wrestler. That's not how it went. Thank you. Carly was there. So, so Car- Carly was there, and I guess I was preaching. It's better that way, honey? Well, okay. So I guess I was preaching on the Lord grant you desires your heart, just calling forth. You know, you know sometimes we think that we got to get aligned with God's desires, but sometimes you got to realize that God actually likes you initiating. He likes you coming up with ideas. He goes, that's a great idea. You remember when Joshua said, son, stand still? Or it was Joshua, right? He said, son, stand still. And God was going, like, actually, that's a really cool idea. Make it so. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of times that God's ready to do stuff. And, and you know what? He's created you with the ability to create and imagine. And he says, I'm, I want to do exceedingly money more than you ask or imagine. And I said, so he places dreams in your heart. But you know what? You can dream awesome stuff too. You're, you're creative. You're brilliant. I said, what are the desires of your heart? The girl jumped up and said, I want to marry a wrestler. So I just thought that was really good. But you know, every time I go to Nova Scotia, there's a guy in our church there. And he comes to me and he says, please say hi to your daughter for me. And I said, why? And, you know, he's told me every time. But when I went, we were there, and they had this uh, band that they brought in from Newfoundland. Nothing against Newfoundland. They just happened to be from there. But anyways, they, were, they did worship and stuff, and it was like, oh, wow. It was, ow, ooh. And I was like, I mean, my anointing meter went actually in the negative realm. It was really rough. But I went, wow, that was really hard. But I had my daughter. I think Carly was only 13 or 14 at the time. And I got up and said, just before I minister, I just want my daughter just to, to sing a couple songs. Is that okay? And Carly began to sing. And when she began to sing and began to play, and I sang along with her, oh, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. That was good. And the presence of God came. It was really good. And I just had her do that. She was a part of my ministry team and did a really good job. And I didn't pay her a cent because I gave her Reuben board all these years. You know, so... <laughs> But you know, every time I go back, he says, you know what? Somebody invited me to those meetings. I didn't want to go. And even I was sitting there going, like, what is this nonsense? I couldn't believe it. But you know what? I said, I'm too embarrassed to walk out of the meeting. So I sat there. Said, and then all of a sudden, your daughter got up and started to play. And I got totally healed. I got totally set free. And he says, please say hi to your daughter for me. She changed my world. That's pretty cool, eh? So I got that from the raster. Let me move on. Can I say move on? All right, move on, Pastor. Hallelujah, George is the timekeeper today. All right, so just, all right. Oh, look at Genesis chapter 128, New King James Version. Then God blessed them. Say, blessed them. Isn't that good right there? The God, God blessed them. First thing is God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Isn't it great that God doesn't tell you to do stuff without, first of all, blessing you? God blessed them, and then he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Say, subdue it. Subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every living thing that moves on the earth, and men and women and other people. It never says men, women, other people. It never says that you should have authority or power over other people. But you're to have dominion, and you're to have rulership over the earth. All right? The word subdue is the word kibosh. It's where we get the word kibosh. Say kibosh. 
That's where we get that. It says to conquer, to subjugate, to bring to, out, into bondage, to force, to keep under, to subdue, to bring into subjection. God gave man the responsibility to put the kibosh in anything that is manifesting itself outside of the purpose of God. So you, if there's something in your world that is not, and you know it's not the will of God, you have a responsibility to put the kibosh on it. If you're doing a deal in real estate and you put in your best effort and you get a call and somebody says, can you add 30 grand to that? You know, like, that's a stupid statement. I mean, we put in our best effort. That's weird. Why would they do that? And then you feel a check in your spirit that this isn't right. And then you call your intercessor wife and two together agreeing on God in anything. If you pray about something, you know you have what you get. And then you call your client and say, let's pray about this. And then you call them back and say, you know, we don't feel comfortable doing that. Oh, no problems. We've already signed the deal. Oh, I was just, just, that's just the circumstance. It just happened. That's God. That's how you exercise authority in your everyday life. That's how you do it in all the affairs. When things are out of order, out of line, you can agree together, you can pray together, you can believe together, and you can bring kingdom alignment in your world and in your life. You're never a victim. You're never without hope. You're never without power, no matter what the circumstance or situation. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? All right, so subdue it. Genesis 2.15, then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Say, keep it. Keep it is the word shamar. Shamar means to keep, to guard, to watch over, to be a ward, to protect, to save life. What are they guarding it against? God's enemies. They're doing it against, you see, when creation all began, there was at that time God's enemies. God created the earth. He created what we now live in, in the middle of a full-on war. There was a full-on battle. There was a cosmic cosmic rebellion going on and God created the earth he created us and he put us in the middle of a full-on messed up war and cosmic messy situation God took something he loved he dearly loved dearly cared about and he put it in a terribly vulnerable spot and he gave us blessed us and he said, I want you to put the kibosh on anything that tries to come against my purpose. And I want you to take care of, guard and protect what we're doing. I want you to partner with me in the throwdown, in the total destruction of all cosmic principalities and powers. Wowzers. I just wanted to get to heaven. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, Lord, get me out of this mess. <laughs> like, I got to do stuff too. Yeah, it's not you got to, you get to. God has invited you into the family plan to bring the peace and the goodness of his revelation of who he is in the earth and to put down everything that has come against the revelation of his goodness and grace. That's good stuff, amen? All right, okay, let's move on, move on. Come on, pastor, move on. All right, Hebrews chapter seven, verse 25. Therefore he, Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is constantly alive. He's a new and living way. He is presently right now making intercession for you. He is constantly, his life, everything that he is, he is constantly, it's not like he's, he's not doing that. He is an act of intercession session. He embodies intercession. He is there standing in the gap, making the difference that there's nothing missing, nothing lacking in your life because Jesus is your intercessor. He stood in the gap. He is the bridge to everything good in your life and he never fails and he never quits and he'll always be faithful to bring it in manifestation in your life. Pastor, do you have any intercessors? Yes. I got at least two, Jesus and the Holy Ghost, and they're really, really good at it. I could use a few more. If you'd like to sign up, please send the, something to the office. All right. 
1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God was made manifest was to destroy, loosen, dissolve the works of the enemy. Everything the enemy has done, the Son of God was manifest to destroy it. That's why Jesus came, to destroy every single thing the enemy's doing. Watchman E, quote from Watchman E, couple of screens. For our part, we need not struggle to occupy ground that is already ours. In Christ, we are conquerors. Nay, we are more than conquerors. That's what Romans 8, 37 says. In him, therefore, we stand. Thus, today we do not fight for victory, we fight from victory. Today we do not fight for victory. Okay, get out there, there's a nasty, nasty devil out there and he's powerful, be careful, but win if you can. No, you're told you already win, you just gotta get out there and you gotta say, I win, Jesus is alive, you're dead. He came to destroy you, I believe it, I agree with it, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to the revelation of God. Submit to who you are and get out there and resist the devil. Stand against him and wrestle. Put your hands around his neck. Choke him out. In the name of Jesus. The reason the Son of God was manifest right there. We do not fight in order to win, but because in Christ we've already won, overcomers are those who rest in the victory already given to them by their God. When you fight to get the victory, you have, if you fight to get the victory, you have lost the battle at the very outset. See, if you're fighting from victory, you're walking with absolute confidence because you understand the revelation that Jesus Christ has won it all, defeated everything, and now it's our responsibility to go out there and exercise the authority and clean up the mess and say, it is finished out of the way. And if you're trying to get victory, if you're going at it with that posture, you're not moving in a spirit of faith or revelation or understanding because you think you've got a battle to get it done. And in that posture, you lose before you start. Can I get a hallelujah? Romans 8, 27, let it last week, 8, 26, 27, the Spirit helps us. And the Spirit is our helper. And here it talks about groaning, searchings, and intercessions. Now, the Holy Spirit helps us three ways, just to give it to your refresher again. Holy Spirit is our intercessor. And that word intercession, it's compound word, means on behalf of, with, to fall in with, and to hit the mark. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you and he intercedes with you. He partners with you to hit the mark. You're never gonna miss with the Holy Ghost. You're never going to miss with his partnership. So he comes to intercede to help you to intercede. And it says he also does that with, he does it with groanings. That's the word stenagmos, which means he comes to aspirate, to vent. He comes with passion. He comes, he goes, what do we got to deal with? Ah, it's ticking me off. Ah! I mean, he just releases his power into that situation. It's a big deal. These words are important. That's what God wants you to understand. The Holy Spirit comes and he blows his top. Searchings, that's the word, ureno, which means no matter what, you're going to see what the Spirit wants. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things. It's where we get the word eureka. I found it. When you're in the Spirit, you can identify quickly what's really at work here. See, that's what Glenn and Ingrid did. They had a situation. Glenn didn't feel good about it. So he called Ingrid. They sought the Lord about it. And they said, you know what? Eureka, I found it. What's the problem? What's the holdup? It's a spirit of grief and a spirit of greed. Now, there should be grief. There should be. That's a sad situation. But you know, some people try to take advantage of situations and they try to do what's not fair. So you have to understand what's involved here. And as soon as you get a revelation of what's involved, when you bind it, you have the victory. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. And we've got authority and responsibility to do that. But you need to partner with the Holy Ghost in these ways to get that revelation. Can I get an amen from anybody in the back row? 
All right, let me give you an example of ministry. Let me give you this. You ready? Here it is, right here. It's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, finally, dear brothers, this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Thessalonica. He's finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray for us. I ask you to pray for me. I pray for you. I pray for you. I, honest to goodness, I pray for you. I pray for you. But here's Paul saying, pray for me. Well, Paul had revelation. He understood the word. He was walking in power and authority. Why did he need people to pray for him? He did. Inspired by the Holy Ghost, he wrote this down. Pray for us. Pray for us. If we're identifying with each other, we're believing God's knit our hearts together, and if there's something that God has called us to do, we've got to soak it in prayer. We got to soak it in intercession. We're going to bear down on this. We're not going to give up. We're going to dig in and we're not going to quit till we see what God put on our hearts. Has God put something big on your heart for your life, for your family, for this fellowship, for the city? Has God put something big on your heart? Well, if he put it on your heart, he's also added with that the responsibility to pray it into manifestation. Paul said, pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread speedily. Pray for what, Paul? What do you want me to pray about? Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. You guys know, you didn't even know anything about God or Jesus. I hadn't even heard the good news. But when it came to you rapidly, within a few weeks, the church was begun. We had a crazy revival of power. I pray that wherever I go, what happened with you guys, that the word of God, when it came, it was followed quickly with power. Pray that it would go rapidly. It would speed on. That everywhere I go, we'd have those kind of results. Pray for us. Paul wasn't going, I got the anointing. I'm good. No matter where I go. I need you to pray for me because I know this isn't about me. It's about the power of God. And I humble myself under his mighty hand. We've got to trust him. You know what Paul said? Pray for us. So he said, pray for us. Amen. Say, pray for us. Colossians 4, 3, he says, 4, 3, he says, with all praying also for us, that God would open for us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in bonds. He said, I mean, I'm telling you, I might be in bonds right now, but I might be in jail right now, but pray for us. Pray for us that God would open a door of utterance that I might go speak the mystery. Ephesians 6, 19, and for me, pray that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I mean, the Apostle Paul did go in incredible places, faced stonings, whippings, beatings, shipwreck, everything. I mean, he seemed like a real bold guy, but you know what? There was something moving and undergirding his life. It was the prayers of the saints. And so, wow, I sure hope it worked out, don't you? I sure hope that people prayed for him. I sure hope that he got results. Stay tuned next week. Oh, let's finish. Let's finish. Let's finish. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Listen to what he says. He says, listen, guys, a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has been opened to me. Settle down. I know that's exciting. I mean, he's writing, guys, you've been praying for me? Oh, thank you for what you were praying about because you know what's happened? What we were praying about, guess what? The door opened. The door is opened, and it's a big door, and it's a factual door. It's open to me, and there is a great and promising one. Then I love what he says. He says, and there's a lot of adversaries. The door's open. There's still a lot of difficulties. There's a lot of people opposing us, but I'm telling you, a massive, great, big, effectual door is open. Why did the door open? It opened because they prayed. 
Intercession according to the purpose of God is so important. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that their faith did not depend on man's wisdom, but on the power of God. So here's Paul saying, please pray for me. Pray for the boldness. Pray for the power of God to be on our ministry. Pray that the word would go, it would be effective and powerful. And then we hear the door opened, and not only did the door open, but the power of God was released on Paul's ministry. The people were set free, and people didn't get a, a lesson of philosophy, but they got a revelation of the power of God himself. Good stuff. That's straight up how it works. A couple more verses. You ready? A couple more verses. How we doing, George? Tappity tappity. I don't know. It's, it's there. Thank you. All right. Luke chapter 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on snakes, serpents, scorpions. What's he talking about? He's talking about devils. He's talking about demonic forces, powers, things that oppose the purpose of God. I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over some of the power of the enemy some of the time. Well, this was to the disciples. This was Jesus gave it to them. Trust me, they were still operating in an old covenant context. In the new covenant, when he said, go, I've given you all power and authority. Trust me, you're packing. Every one of you are packing. And this verse applies to you. All the power of the enemy over all the power of the enemy. Listen, careful though, careful, careful. Careful when you go out there with the devil. <sighs> Tell you. Over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Say nothing. 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 No weapon. No word. Nothing framed or powered against you. Nothing shaped against you. None of it will prosper against you, says the Lord. Nothing. You know how confident you can be when you know that I don't care if it looks like a big massive bazooka aimed at my head. It has no power over me. Say the devil wants to lie to you and tell you, tries to put things in your body, give you pains and do things. Oh, you're dying. Oh, my God. You know, this is the devil just trying to attack you. You've got to realize there's no power, no authority. has nothing over you. The word of God will always prosper in your life. One more verse. One more verse. 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You are children of God, and you've already won victory over those people. People were opposing them. There were Gnostics and false teachers and false prophets trying to oppose me. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about whatever is working and behind the scenes. Don't worry about people that are trying to quench your liberties and, and trying to take from you. Don't worry about it. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, stand up with me. Revelation 12, verse 10. Revelation 12, sorry, verse 11. It says, and they overcame him. Who overcame him? Us, the blood-washed people of God, flooded with the power of God, crowned to be kings and princes. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their own lives even unto death. We overcome by the finished work of the cross, by verbal agreement with the finished work of the cross, and an unwavering commitment to the finished work of the cross. I believe that what Jesus did is enough. What he did, it did declare freedom. It set all the captives free, every single one. I believe that. I give verbal assent and agreement to that, but I tell you, I am with unwavering commitment dedicating myself that I'm going to exercise my rights, my rule, the reign, and the authority of a child of God, and I'm going to kick in the gates of darkness because it says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Almighty God. 
So intercession is a big deal. It doesn't have to be weird and creepy. It doesn't have to be something where I'm not called to scream and sweat and go crazy, Pastor. If you think that's intercession, that's not intercession. Intercession is just when you know that there's something not right and God's given you authority and you simply exercise. You don't have to shout or scream. People shout or scream when they think they might, I might not have the power. I better shout about it. Some people shout just, I'm excited I got the power. But you've got authority in every situation. You've got the right to rule, the power to rule, the authority in every circumstance. Pray for us. Pray for the body. Pray for impact. Pray for your families. If there's distance between where you are and the promise of God, if there's distance, if there's a gap, if if where God has promised is here and you're here, pray. Fill the gap in Jesus' name. Insist in Jesus' name. And don't give up. Don't quit. Hang on because you are condemned to a life of victory every single day. Another day of joy. Another day of power. Another day of influence. Another day of the purpose of God being manifest in and through you. Get it on your mouth, confess it, declare it, speak it to the glory of God. Now all the believers are praying. All the believers are interceding. All the believers right now are casting down every stronghold that is resisting the entrance of the revelation of Christ. All the believers are praying right now. I just ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, I wandered in and here I am and or I've been with you guys for a bit, but you know what? I've never actually said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I've never really surrendered to say, I believe that you forgave me and I want to be your child. I've never made that confession, but you'd like to today. Today, you want to say, be my Lord, be my Savior. If that's you, I want to pray with you. And before I do, just so you can identify yourself, it's going to be real easy. I'm just going to count to three. And at the count of three, if that's you, put up your hand so I can see it. Put it up so I can see it because I want to pray for you. Are you ready? Here it is right now. That's the Holy Ghost touching your heart saying, come on home. Come on home. And that's you. You ready? Here it is. One, two, three. Just put your hand up. Put it way up high so I can see it. Go ahead. Anyone. Praise you, Jesus. Then I got to assume that you're all believers and that this was a believers meeting. Hallelujah. So get out there among the unbelievers and bring them in because we want to see the kingdom expand. Just ask all those that are on ministry team today if you'd come up to the altar, if you're on ministry teams, if you're here to pray for people, come on up here and just get ready to minister to people and touch people and pray for them. It's always good to come to the altar, I tell you. Even if you think you're the most awesome, secure believer ever, you know, it doesn't hurt to get prayer. I mean, I even asked the elders to pray for me last week, and I feel better. I mean, I went to the doctor, got results, had a, had a heart exam the week before, and the doctor said, your heart's great. He said, you know what? You got some iron, but he says, trust me, it's not so bad. I know guys with 4,000, 5,000, you've only got 1,300. Just cut down on those 20-ounce steaks to eat and relax a bit. So you know what? God's good. And you know, you need prayer. You got anything that concerns you. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not too independent to manifest a little dependence on the body of Christ. And if you need prayer, folks are ready to pray for you and bless you. If you need healing, you need just wisdom in a situation or a decision you're making. If there's anything, anything on your heart that you came in here with that burdens you or is heavy on you, don't leave with it. Come and get it dealt with today. God wants to speak to you. He wants to touch you in Jesus' name. Can I bless you? Father, we love you. We bless you. We just thank you that you're so good. We thank you for the powerful responsibility we have as the children of God to engage prayer. Thank you that you've opened the heavens and you've placed us there. 
You placed me. I am enthroned with you in heavenly realms. And you've blessed me with every spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessing is every empowered spoken word. You've blessed me in the heavenly realm with every weapon I need to destroy things that are at work in the heavenly realm. Everything on the scene came from the unseen. And everything on the scene can be eradicated in the unseen. And you've given me power and ability to be seated in that realm and authority to speak in that realm and to wrestle and to stand in that realm and to command that the purposes of God prevail. And so, Father, thank you for the incredible responsibility. You have entrusted us. You believe in us. You're confident that your church is going to get it done. You really are. You've invested so much in us. There's no plan B. It's just us. And we stand here ready to be faithful. So, Father, I thank you for this great house, this great church. I thank you for my family, my most beloved friends, people I have incredible affection for. Thank you for the privilege of serving these folks. I ask you now, Father, that you would just baptize them with a revelation of your great love. I pray that you would surround them with the grace and the favor that everywhere they go, people want to honor them. They want to do favors. They want to, they want to favor them because it's the, it, it's the loving, gracious anointing of Christ in their lives. And I pray, Holy Spirit, and I thank you for your partnership with each of us. Everywhere we go, we're never alone. I am never alone. I am never alone because you are with me. So I send them now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' precious name.